Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pierce, our full-time LFC editor, mainly home, Andy Kelly, and our other Echo Echo Scribe, even, Christian Walsh. Part-time. Part-time, yes. (laughs) Well, judging from what he writes, I don't think that's true. Um, Anyway, we were all at the game on Saturday, all saw Liverpool beat West Brom 2-1, seemed like it was a close game, but James, it really wasn't that close, was it? No, it wasn't. No, and I think kind of it felt like I think you know in the midst of what happened in the last ten minutes of the game, it kind of got lost a bit afterwards. Just how good Liverpool were up to that point, because um, you know everyone knew how tough it was going to be. Um, there was no 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 surprises in the way that Pulis set West Brom up. Um, but after you know a slow kind of first fifteen twenty, I thought Liverpool were absolutely exceptional, and you know they didn't get drawn into the kind of physical battle that West Brom wanted. They you know they they really clicked as an attacking force and created an absolute stack of chances and um, you know the the only frustration was the scoreline because it massively flattered West Brom because you know giving away that that sloppy goal late on um just gave them a lifeline they shouldn't have had because uh, you know if Liverpool had been four or five in front um you know I think that probably would have been a fair reflection on the balance of play and are you in agreement that the scoreline flattered West Brom do you think Liverpool were it's certainly for 20 minutes in that first half, the last 20 minutes, that was, you know, among some of the best football they've played this season. Yeah, I think it was. I don't think it was just they were absolutely at the top of their game. There's still a few sort of misplaced passes and, and stuff like that. But I think it was generally very good to, to, to watch once they sort of got over the first 10 or 15 minutes. I think Lallana was absolutely crucial in getting the side to settle, starting to knit stuff together. They just look so much a better team when he's, he's in it. And uh, and from there, obviously, then as we all said before this game, first goal was going to be vital, and you know that's a, that's a beautiful goal, isn't it? You know, uh, um, I think Klopp said that the Firmino goal against Leicester was his favourite of the season beforehand. Well, I, I would expect that goal to have uh, surpassed it. It was, it was beautiful, and they should have won. They had a hatful of chances, didn't they? They could have scored five or six, as James says. Uh, and then there was just that worry. I mean. I put a tweet out from the ground that West Brom had got their first corner in the 69th minute. Well, by the time of the second corner, um, that produced the goal. And, uh, you know, we'll probably sure we'll talk about the set-piece situation. You know, it's nothing, as Klopp said after the game, you know, both in the main press conferences in the, and in the in the Monday stuff, that, you know, nobody is creating a hatful of chances on us. But uh, And that's, I think, six goals conceded in nine games, so... No, nothing major, but it's 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 just frustrating that when teams are creating so little that when they do create something, they seem to be going in at the minute. Christian, you don't think that West Brom goal should have been allowed, do you? No, um, and I'm surprised. It's handball? People, no, it's not handball, it's offside. Because when the ball comes in and McCauley volleys it, Loris Carius has basically got, um, who was it in front of him, I can't quite remember, but there's a West Brom player on his toes, and it, 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 imp- it impedes Carius's attempt to save the ball. If you think about it, he shoots McCauley and there's a player right in front of Carius. So there was all that um, commotion about the West Ham goal, the Winston Reid one. David Moyes obviously wasn't happy about it because there was a couple of players in this eyesight of Jordan Pickford. That was more of an offside. I mean, it's a difficult one to pick up, isn't it? I, I mean, I have not, to say, not I've, in the ground. I've I don't seen think anyone on the ground. Yeah, but no, exactly, and I think people have seen the replay and it just doesn't register, but it technically is offside. Look, no excuses. Uh, but the thing is, I think people can overeg the the goal Liverpool can see. They look the playing West Bromwich Albion, who are a team full of basically brick walls with limbs, and I, I just don't. 
Whereas Klopp's had a team full of people like me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And teams will concede goals against teams like West Brom that are like that. It, have, it doesn't matter if you're the best team at defending set pieces. Okay, the problem comes is that it accumulates and Liverpool just seems to have this little bit of an Achilles heel at the moment with defending them. I mean, you think about the Man United game last week. They limited United to one corner. And I thought the, the mood at Anfield was tangible. It was, it was immediate panic, a big intake of breath. And Fellaini got a header. Uh, I think it was Fellaini got a header, a free header away. Didn't do anything with it, thankfully. But, you know, it is, a, it, is a, it is still a bit of a problem. But I, I wouldn't point to that West Brom goal and go, see, that's, that's you know, typical Liverpool can't defend set pieces. West Brom have now scored, I think, 60% of their goals from, from set pieces this season. Good teams who can defend high balls and, and, and bad teams who can't defend them will, will concede that. Don't think it really tells us much in that sense. What matters really is is in general and how the, the defender in general. And um, I, I had a look earlier on and Liverpool conceded the fewest amounts of shots per game than any other side in the Premier League. They're the, the averaging eight, the eight shots, they're conceding eight shots on goal per game, which is lower than any other team. Now, over the course of a season, if they can maintain that, it reasons to, you know reasons that if they are conceding fewer shots, they will concede fewer goals. So they can extrapolate that over the course of the season. Happy days. And obviously, the other thing is that it's not the other, on the other side of the coin. They're taking more shots than a lot of teams. So they're doing very well at one end, and they're doing quite well at the other. It's just the way the cookies are. As has just been pointed out, that Liverpool didn't concede many corners against United. Didn't concede many against West Brom. There's actually obviously a, a skill to that in defending. To make sure yeah. that you don't free concede, as well. well yeah. don't concede the types of free kicks and set pieces that these teams can, you know, threaten from. It's not just as, as we both said. It's not just West Brom. It's every team's good at set pieces. Look at Liverpool. Got a Liverpool well, got a, a free kick and nearly gonna, scored. That's what I was going to say. I mean, uh, we very nearly. I mean, it took a ridiculous save from Foster to stop uh, Dejan Lovren, who out jumped Olsen. Exactly. On, on nobody, that, nobody was saying. Nobody was saying. Oh, West Brom are terrible at defending against set pieces, were they? It no. Happens. And uh, and you know, as, as Christian alludes to, there's no better form of defending than just having the ball yourself. You know, as the, the old saying, cliche goes, they can't put it in the net while you've got it. And uh, you know, Liverpool are tremendous in terms of possession. Uh, in terms of must check the possession stats. Christian might know as our resident stats guru, but um, you know how much of the ball Liverpool have had and how it compares to other teams. I suspect only Man City probably potentially could have had more than Liverpool this season. So, you know, keep it. They don't have it. Klopp's work after the game, but not giving away. Trying to be aggressive in defence because of the long balls West Brom were playing, but also being aggressive without giving away silly fouls. And he says that's, that's really very difficult to do. He said he was absolutely rubbish at doing that when he was a defender. I think he was uh, gave a few few frees <laughs> around, um, and you know it, it is, and you know it, you can sense that little bit of nervousness around Anfield when that goal went in. But then I thought I thought the crowd recovered brilliantly and actually really got behind the, uh, the team towards the end. James uh, mentioned then about defending. Uh, Jurgen Klopp said after the game that he has no respect for people who say that. Uh, Liverpool have got a, was it defensive problems or yeah. defensive concerns yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. Do you feel as though he's maybe just got a little bit fed up of talking about the defender because you know we were at the game and I personally thought Liverpool for the reasons that we've just mentioned defended really well and in Matip and Lovren I think they've got a partnership that that could really do something. Yeah, I think I think he was just irked at the suggestion that that, that this is just an attacking team who can't defend and that they're just going to try and outscore teams and 
Now, that that just isn't the case, is it? I think as Christian said, you know, the, the, how few shots opposing teams are getting against Liverpool is underlined by the fact that what Carrius has played five games and still hasn't made a proper save. You know, I think he had the you know the what was it a cross from Rashford? I think that he parried away against United on Saturday. There was the McCauley header that that you know, he, he wasn't, didn't look particularly convincing, but he he kept it out. But you know, he, he hasn't had a proper save to make it. Liverpool are defending well in general, and Joel Matip has been absolutely key to that. I thought on a day when, quite rightly, Liverpool's attacking players dominated the headlines because I thought the front four were were irresistible at times. Um, Matip it just oozes class, and you know he's and he's gone toe to toe now with some of the most difficult customers in the Premier League. You know I think obviously Rondon was isolated, but it was an aerial bombardment. And as Klopp said, you know it's a, it's a it's a real skill to to deal with those situations without giving away stupid free kicks, which is what you know West Brom's game plan was built around. And Matip did that. You know I thought he handled him really well, just as he handled Costa absolutely brilliantly down at Stamford Bridge. Same with Ibrahimovic last week with United. You know he's. Um, Kane, Vardy. Yeah, mm. I mean, he's you know there, there aren't too many tougher tests to come really this season than what he's faced already, and um, you know people are already talking about him as arguably Liverpool's best free transfer probably since Gary McAllister, and and rightly so because you know I think John Matip as well how well he's playing makes a mockery of all the talk back in the summer about the net spend because you know like Liverpool didn't pay a penny for him, but you know would you rather Liverpool had spent fifty million quid on John Stones, you know? You know, I, I don't think there's anyone better than Matip when it comes to centre-backs around at the moment. Andy, you were the one who was speaking with Jurgen Klopp after the game. Do you feel as though people sometimes forget that he was a defender as a player and that some of this is a little bit... Go, Hang on a minute. No. Well, you can also see both sides. Obviously, he started off as a striker and uh, and that is the way of these things ended up at the back uh, once, you know, whatever... You can't know, see was... James ever go into the back. So you can see, he knows how... He knows what he's looking at in both sides of that coin, doesn't he? And um, you know, Matip thought was you know a couple of great leg arounds on uh, Rondon in the first half, where he just pinched it off him and uh, leg arounds. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a new technical term. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 That's a Pepple in the special, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? This will be as prevalent as six and eight inside a month, I can tell you. But um, the two yeah, and the one. I mean, they did. They also you should remember that. They, I mean, they lost a few balls in the air, Matip and Lovren. But where I thought we were really good was that um, in trying to pick up the second balls, and uh, that that's where you know principally that's where you'll get into trouble against that sort of thing. As long as you know, generally those long balls are being played, you're clearing them away from the edge of your area. You know, you're, you're not on top of your own goalkeeper, so that's a good thing. And the next thing is that you need to be picking up the second balls. I thought we did that really well when they got a little bit of pressure in the last ten minutes. Couple of great blocks as well, particularly by Lovren through in one brilliant block as well. Uh, we saw a lot of that from West Brom, and you know sometimes the thing I liked about Matip and I picked up in in my analysis for the, for the game was that you know he was obviously striding out with it early on, doing what we expect him to do. We all see him as this sort of I don't know bit of Alan Hansen in him, I suppose. But the um, but by the end when it was like two minutes to go, there was some proper. Get it out of there and get it, you know, nice little um, out half kicks down down the line just to ease the pressure and re-establish, you know, where everybody needs to be. And I think that's a sign that he knows, he understands football, he understands game situations. And he was just like, yeah, I can play this and try, you know, one of my smooth passes or whatever. But you know, you know what? Two minutes to go, I'm putting this in the corner. What you got to remember about Klopp is that he absolutely transformed that Dortmund defence within a year. First season he was there, uh, two thousand seven, eight, I think it was. It was you know, a bit of the old regime was there, and obviously there was a team in transition and whatnot. And I think he conceded the fair few goals. 
Second season, I think they had the second best defence behind. I think Bayern. they went from 97 goals conceded to 57 off the top of my head. And that's they genuinely they conceded from, 97. Or, no, they conceded a lot. They dropped about 30 goals. Yeah, they, they conceded. really like, like, they tightened up. It might have went 77, 47 yeah, or something. something like that. Was, uh, you're just making it up, aren't you? No, it was, yeah, I, was, I was reading that section in his biography about how, he, as Christian says, he, t- he took he took on the, the Dortmund defence first, if you like, and... Uh, um, I think a similar thing happened at Mines, to be honest. And what, and what you've got to remember is that it took a few games here for, for him to get his established back five. I think we, we said that at the time. It, we, we now know that, we sort of, I think we've always had the, the, the feeling, but you know it's been confirmed by him personally that Lars Karius is his number one. We now have James Milner as his first-choice left-back. You know, Albert Moreno can't get a sniff, whereas he, he obviously played against Arsenal. Lovren and Matipa clearly as you've had all the fedora about Sacco, you had Clavan who was in I don't I don't know if he's a bad defender by any means, but obviously he's acclimatised and he was there against Burnley and um there was another game he played, I think it might have been Leicester. Uh, no, sorry, Lucas was in the back against Leicester. So it's also been mixing and matching and a bit of shopping and changing, but now you've got Milner, Matip, uh, Lovren, Klein and Carius uh, just behind them. So you know, with famili- familiarity, you know, hopefully. Is he playing for Yeah. Uh, it will, it will be one of these random Italian He'll be in the room with Mill next week. <laughs> it, it doesn't uh, doesn't breed contempt, hopefully, and, 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 and the more settled they become, the, the, the more confident they become. The, it's worth mentioning, just as Christian goes through that, that back line that afterwards Klopp mentioned, he said, you cannot believe how good Moreno, Clavan, Lucas... And Alexander Arnold are looking in training now. We chatting to Piercy earlier, and we, you know you could look at that as a potential backline for yeah. um, for the Spurs game. You know, okay, it would be a big call to maybe start Alexander Arnold, but it probably wouldn't be a big call to put Moreno, Clavan, and Lucas in as three of your back four. We know, um, I'm sure we'll come on to it, that Mignolet is is starting in goal. So you know, you, you literally could change the entire back four and the goalkeeper. And hopefully most people will be going to the game still thinking we had a reasonably solid you know, back five there. Here's a question then for you, just moving away from the defence. Philip Coutinho, is there a better player in the Premier League at the moment, James? No. No, I think he, um, I thought he was head and shoulders above anyone else on that pitch on, on Saturday evening. I think you know he is operating at the peak of his powers at the moment. I think... Um, he was involved in everything that was that was great about Liverpool. You know, obviously the the dummy for the first goal, just the way he took the second goal as well, just you know, just oozed class. The way he cut inside and and found that bottom corner, great composure. And you know, it's it's hard to believe, isn't it, that he's only twenty four, because it seems like he's been around for a long time. I think it's his fifth season at, at the club. Um, I remember speaking to Jordan Henderson after the win at Arsenal on the opening weekend, and 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 he kind of said then, you know, he thinks that. He's got everything required to make that leap into the world-class bracket, and to and to one day, you know, be mentioned in the same breath as the likes of, of Suarez and Messi and the rest of them. And he, you know, and I think a few people scoffed at the time and said, "No, nah, he, you know, he's far too inconsistent. You know, he, he he flips in and out too much." But you know, at the moment, you know, I think he's living up to that. And um, you know, the, the the best thing for Liverpool is his, his best days are well ahead of him. Andy, do you do you agree with James, yeah. or do you think? I still, think he's, I still think he. I think James probably thinks as well. He still needs to take that next step, doesn't he? But I thought what was great on Saturday, there was a couple of times first half where you saw him think about a shot, and he and he and he sort of didn't pull the trigger, if you like. And he didn't pull the trigger because it was obvious that he thought to himself, "This isn't 
the percentage call here, and we saw him at, I think it was Burnley, Burnley. when he had yeah. so many shots and they were all blocked or off or whatever. And a couple of times he just he thought about the shot, but he didn't. I think I, uh, in his um, half-time rate and that, I changed it, actually, because he, he then scored and stuff. But it was, um, I think I had shots to attempted, uh, thought about shots six, but not taken. And, he, he, you know, he's now starting to think, you know, no, I'm not just going to shoot. I know he's still in, I think, the top six uh, people to have attempted shots in the Premier League. But in terms of that, is he the best? Decision-making. Attack? Yeah, decision-making, totally. In terms of that, attacking, is he the best in the Premier League? The, the two others I'd maybe put up there from what we've seen so far, I think he, obviously he's a bit injured at the moment. De Bruyne at, uh, at, mm. at City, I think, has been really impressive. And um, and uh, you know Chelsea fans just must be wondering how on earth did we let him uh, go? And uh, maybe Sanchez at Arsenal is probably you know the other one who's who's you know right up there. I think. Christian, what do you make? Do you think Coutinho is the best or Chris Smalling perhaps? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> um, I I think Firmino's best than Coutinho. You heard it here first, people. Not, not sorry. Well, no, sorry. In, you heard, I'm not you saying, didn't I'm hear not, it here first, people. I'm not, <laughs> saying, I'm not saying after finishing in Roberto Firmino is a better footballer than, than Philip Coutinho. What I'm saying is that I think at the moment the way Firmino is playing, it's just. And I, it, I mean, two different styles, two different uh, functions, if you will. But watching Firmino at the moment is an absolute dream. That, that, the, the way he chased back after I think it was like 13, 14 minutes of, uh, of the game against West Brom. He sprinted from his own penalty spot all the way to the other end to help with Henderson to intercept on the edge of the of Liverpool's area, and then went back to the other end of the field. I mean, he's a number nine. He's redefining what what a number nine is in Liverpool because I think we we've always known um, what 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 you want from a number nine, and um, you know you think about Torres, you think about you know even to you know um, Fowler. Fowler, Rush, all those great number nines. This is a completely different story. Even Sturridge, you know that that is that is Liverpool. That is Liverpool number nine. Gets the ball, finds the net, no problem. Suarez started that redefinition, of course, and I think for me, you know, sort of cranked it up a notch. Where, you know, I think Liverpool fans are having to realign the the the, the sights about what a, what a, 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 a striker is nowadays. And he's he's doing it all. He's doing it all. He creates. He he's a brilliant out ball. He's strong, he's, he's tireless in his efforts, and he can find the back of the net. And the brilliant thing is he's still sort of Liverpool's secret, do you know what I mean? It's, no, it's well, fans of other clubs don't really Bra- talk Brazil about it. Brazil have only Firmino. just, you know, Brazil have only done didn't rate him whatsoever. Mm. I mean, I mean, that's bad news for Liverpool in a way, because obviously he's travelling across to South America every every other month now. But, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I don't think many people outside, he's getting the odd mention on, you know, uh, match of the day, oh, look at the work rate of Firmino and, and that sort of thing, but... I think, and this is, you know, with no disrespect, I think people see him as a bit of a luxury day cows outside of Liverpool at the moment. Graphs a bit, but, you know, ultimately he hasn't, he's not in that upper echelon. I think he's in that upper echelon. Are you suggesting that Dirk Coyte is not in the upper echelon of anything? Did I, you not I, see I, his I, goal I, this I, weekend? I, I, he's I, about 55 I think, years old and he's still knocking in these diamonds. I think he is. I, I, think, he is. <laughs> I think he is, Dirk, but, I, but also he was always sort of had that, that label of just being a bit of a workhorse, and I think that's what people are seeing for me. You know, but he's got that... That's something he's, special. He's got a lot more yeah. technical ability yeah, than yeah. Derek, if you like. What I quite like about Firmino as well is if you, you will now notice this next time you see him play, is that it's almost like his boots have got springs in them. And the fact that when he runs, he hardly touches the floor and he's always kind of on his toes, yeah, which is, is why he's always able to nick in and get the I ball. Think what he, I think what he also is, is I think he is the the go-to man with the press. I think he leads the press. I, I think I he say, is... I thought you meant the press. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, never, he never stops <laughs> <in> the <mix. laughs> 
when when he goes, everyone goes. I think everyone yeah. trusts him. He sets to, the tone. He's like exactly. the Pied Piper. Him and Lana, I would say equally. Yeah. But uh, yeah. those those are the those two. Those are the two, and, and basically the team, their teammates see them go, and they think, right, this is this is my moment to go. Yeah. Just really quickly on Coutinho, it's interesting. You you go back to Burnley. I think Burnley's both for Coutinho and this Liverpool side and Jurgen Klopp was probably the best results of the season in the sense that it really has readjusted and, and refocused everything that Liverpool are about now. There was another game at the weekend which James you were at on your day working and Andy you went on your day off because you're a bit of a lunatic. And a, and a <laughs> true pro. And a true, 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 sorry, a true pro, sorry, that's what I meant, a true pro. <laughs> it was the mini derby. Now, one person who wasn't there was Danny Ings. And yeah, which which was good news for Danny Ings, I think, because he's uh, he's obviously played a lot of football for the in the twenty threes uh, over the last month or so. Um, had to be very patient. Uh, been a frustrating time for him, having worked so hard to overcome that crucial ligament injury. Um, but yeah, you know, we he's obviously in Klopp's thoughts for the the EFL Cup tie with Tottenham on on Tuesday night, and um, you know, I think Liverpool fans will be looking forward to seeing him back out there because you know you think back to this time last year, you know, last October, Danny Ings was. You know, he'd forced his way into Liverpool's starting lineup. He'd just made his debut for England. You know, he had the world at his feet, and then suddenly, you know, his his world came crashing down with that 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 horrible injury. And I think it was his first session working with Klopp. So, um, and I think the thing is, when you look, at, I was over at um, Lee Sports Village watching the under twenty threes against United last week. And although Ings didn't score on the night, and he actually had you know he had a few decent chances, a couple of decent saves denied him. But the, the more you watch him, you think I mean, he is a perfect fit for. For the way that Klopp wants to play, you know, he's, the things that people say that Sturridge can't do, and why there is such an ongoing debate about Sturridge's long-term prospects. But you look at Ings, and you think, you know, we talk about Firmino there, and and the way he sets the tone. Wings well, can do exactly that. You know, he, he he's not blessed with Firmino's kind of natural ability. I don't think to the same degree, but you know, he he chases lost causes. He you know he, he's an absolute nuisance for defenders, and uh, you know, I really hope we see. Danny Ings back in a, in a Liverpool shirt Anfield on Tuesday night because I think he only had what half an hour I think of first team action this season um, you know he's had to be patient but you know I think he's earned, earned his shot at it Andy I know this is your favourite topic now we're going to talk about the goalkeepers I know you enjoy rating them uh, but there's going to be a rating for Simon Mignolet against Tottenham because Jurgen Klopp's already said that he's going to be playing I mean he's also said that Karras is now you know he's come out and said he's his number one goalkeeper I mean what did you make of the comments? And if you were Mignolet, what would you be thinking? Well, to be honest, if if I was Jurgen Klopp, I wouldn't be overly bothered what Simon Mignolet thinks about it. Uh, uh, you know, for the purposes um, of this question, though, did you okay. pretend as though you were <laughs> no, bothered? I, suspect, I think Simon Mignolet is going to be disappointed and has every right to be disappointed. But as as a as a fan, and most Liverpool fans out there, I would think. Um, would be keen that the goalkeeper situation has some certainty. And what Klopp has done today is, you know, because you can't. You get, I mean, it happens in Europe, doesn't it? In terms of goalkeepers playing in uh, in in league games and others playing in, in in European games, but I think for for a club like Liverpool, fans like to have uh, a number one. We've had some fantastic ones down the years, um, and you know, I think for Loris Carries' long term future, I think it's good for him that that Klopp has backed him and given him the the you know the support and said he's my number one. Now. Um, I think that's helpful in terms of you know I think it's worth giving Mignolet a game tomorrow, um, but at least there's no certainty if Mignolet has a stormer tomorrow, 
then there's no sense, you know, you don't want to have a situation where people are going, oh, bring Mignolet back in, he looks more certain than Carriers or whatever. The situation is, Carriers is number one. We all hope he gets better than what we've seen. Um, you know, it's not his fault that he hasn't had saves to make. I'm sure that he probably, you know, could have made several impressive ones if required. Uh, it just so happens that most of the things he's had to deal with have been cross balls, which he hasn't looked particularly certain in, particularly what we mentioned earlier, decision-making. And, uh, you know, so um, for me, good decision to bring Mignolet in tomorrow. Um, gives him a, you know, chance to get a run out, chance to, you know, remind us that he's not the terrible keeper that social media would, would have you uh, would have you believe. But also, I think, Klopp's done the right thing in saying, like, this is my number one. Christian, we were talking, I think it was yesterday, about you were on about the unquantifiable effect that Carries has had. I think that's the word you phrase you used, was it? on Carrius has had on the defence, the yes, stuff that you I can't see. see. And you believe that he's actually already made a difference. I don't know what that word means, by the way. I just said it to Sam. <laughs> to Sam no, no you, you, you're right. Um, well, no, I'm right. In that, <laughs> <laughs> in that Another uh, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the... <laughs> he pushes... Take Liverpool. a breath. No, no, Take I'm, a breath. I'm ready. He pushes... Uh, I can't say unquantifiable. There, well, there we go. He pushes... Liverpool a little bit further up the pitch and he, he is a lot better with his feet than so much so you don't notice it. Is he I though? Think, I, 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 I thought he was he a bit is. better on I think better I, on Saturday. I think it, he doesn't... It, I, I just... It's more relentless when... So you look at the West Brom game and obviously, again, this is why I was saying, you know, you can't really gauge it because put Mignolet in the same position, you don't know what's going to happen. But the ball is just going back a lot quicker It'll go back to Carrius and then it's it's back the other end of the pitch within two three seconds because it's it's not sort of taking a touch and then having a look around and making sure your feet are ready and set and okay his distribution with the long balls aren't great I think he put one into the into touch by the main yeah. stand sort of a, a really inopportune time at one point but in general I think it's a case of the ball comes back straight to Matip or straight to Klein or straight to Milner and it's, it, it just feels a lot quicker and a lot more relentless and I think if you're an opposition player certainly an Anfield player. You know, you, you, Liverpool just won the ball back. You know, and the, the counter press is on, and and they, and they go back for to, to carry us, and and you think, right, here's a chance for Breiver. No, the ball is coming back at us once again. The recycling possession, and I think mentally as well as physically, it'll just sort of wear down teams. That he's he's just so sort of proactive with the ball. Yeah, his passing hasn't been great. He's not he, the, the the keeper that we were sold in the summer in terms of. You know, he's basically checking the commands to Neuer and he's he's, he's going to sort of you know do rebounders in, in, into, into his own goal and that's that's not happening at the moment. But you can see that there is a, a player there who somewhere there is confidence and there is a a real sort of um, currency in getting the ball out of his feet quickly and and stand counter attacks. He, he did a sorry, Percy, he did he did a decent chat with the, the program on Saturday. Carrius talking about how he tries to improve with his with his feet and basically says he loves training with the outfield players. He's not the only goalkeeper. I, I, I don't think to to love that, but uh, I think Pepe Rini used to like doing that as well, didn't he? But uh, yeah, he, he trains with the outfield players to get his touch and his feel better. And I did think he was better on Saturday. I'm still not quite convinced of the argument that he's... The, uh, I agree with Christian, I think he's a, a quicker decision-maker and knows what More he natural, wants to do. you yeah. see what I mean? I think, I think Mignolet, you can almost see the cogs go round, can you? Grind as his cogs go, so the, that sense of nervousness grows. So I think <laughs> uh, I mean, one thing that we have noticed is that there hasn't been a huge nervousness in the crowd when the ball's at carries his feet, and that might be half the battle, battle one. 
Just a bit of nervousness in the in the press box, though. Yeah, I, so, well, what I was going to say was, I think I don't think obviously it's what from what Klopp said today. Nothing that Mignolet does on Tuesday night can affect his chances of playing against Palace on Saturday. You know, it's quite clear that Carriers will come back in, but I think Mignolet can certainly make sure it's a talking point going forward. Uh, and it, you know, and it, over the coming weeks, you know, I, th- I think it probably will be because Carriers hasn't, you know, he hasn't really been that convincing so far. You know, I think if Mignolet comes in and does well. Then, then questions are bound to be asked, and he, and he has to keep knocking on that door because you know I, I don't think everything is lost for Mignolet at Liverpool. Um, I think there is still a way back for him, um, but you know it's, it's a big opportunity for him because although it might not lead to a, a start on Saturday, you know I, I think you know for him it's, it's for him to show that he is up for the fight and that he's he's not taking this loss of his place. Uh, Likely. And this will be this will sort of be the making of Carius or, or the breaking, if you will, because okay, so now. Publicly, it is known that Carius is number one. If Mignolet has a stormer on Wednesday, Carius yeah. will go into that game against Crystal Palace and know his place. Not necessarily he's under threat, but he knows he's got competition there. Yeah. Now, Liverpool do not want a goalkeeper for the long term who has a little bit of competition and wilts. You know, if it brings the best out of him, brilliant. If it doesn't, then maybe they realise we didn't actually get the goalkeeper we thought we were getting. Mignolet isn't the only one who's going to be coming in because I'd imagine that Jurgen Klopp's already said he's going to make a lot of changes for the for the game against Tottenham. Do you think that's wise, or do you think as though you know because last season Liverpool got to the got to the final? Yeah, I think we want to get to the final again, but I think you know he, he you've got to look at the opposition and who they're likely to play uh, as well. So you've got Spurs, I think I can't pronounce it, but older Werold is out, Kane's out. Um, Sissoko suspended yeah. now. Mm. They played a few young lads anyway in the last round, mm. um, so they're going to make some changes. Spurs, for all they were, you know, they were, you know, they're a good seat side with with good squad players. Who so even a few changes still makes them look pretty impressive. Um, and it'll be a tough game, but you know, at some point, if we're if Klopp is looking to you know keep players not necessarily happy, but keep them taken over and ready if he needs them in the Premier League, then you know. It's a it's a, a little risk worth taking, you know. I'd imagine we will see Moreno because you know James Milner's been in the wars, hasn't he? Every game he comes off. Who was it who said he looks absolutely exhausted when he comes <laughs> off? He puts everything in. That's what we like about him. But there's got to be a chance that he could be injured. At, you know, he's not the you know he's not a spring chicken anymore. So we need Moreno to have played games. Um, you know, Lucas. Uh, Lucas. You know, Mister Reliable generally. He may well uh, captain the side, Lucas. Maybe, yeah, cool. which would be you know, he could play that back line of Moreno, uh, Lucas, Clavans. You know, hasn't I think he had one bad game, didn't he? But generally, he's been yeah. uh, Burnley, wasn't it? When everybody was bad, so you know him. And then you know, do you play Klein or do you uh, do you go whole hog and put Alexander Arnold? And then further forward, of course, Kevin Stewart didn't play for the under twenty three. He's you know. Kevin Stewart is one of those players when you see him in the under-23s now, he oozes confidence and has a feeling of, and this wasn't always the way when you saw him, but the last year he's really come on. You, he, he, he can dominate games for the under-23s just as that holding midfielder and just putting Liverpool, breaking everything else up and putting them away. And I think Klopp might be keen to uh, give him a game. And then uh, we didn't see Ovier Ajari at, at Printon Park yesterday either, so I'd expect him to get a place at least on the bench. And, and Gruwich is another one. Yeah, yeah. I, was gonna nice. I was going to mention Gruwich because yeah. you're a bit of a fan. Aren't you? I, I've, yeah. I've, I've liked everything I've seen of him so far. He even sort of his little cameos against uh, against Burnley. I think it was. He was the only one who really shone on that, on that day as well. Um, so it would be nice to see him because, as you said, sort of you alluded to with Moreno there, Andy. It, it's it, it's two sides of the coin, isn't it? You've you've, you've got to sort of protect the players who you, we would say are now Liverpool's first choice eleven. 
But we also need to make sure that these players uh, who might replace them if the worst does happen are ready. And there's someone like Gruwich there who was brought in for a decent fee um, and just hasn't really been given the game time that we've maybe thought he would. But that's a testament to just how well Liverpool's midfield is playing at the moment. And of course, Jordan Henderson's yellow card, which I think was... Descent. What? Descent in, was for descent in the 90th minute. Was it? Was it? I thought, was no, it I thought it was. I thought, was it? Was it, it, was it late it, on, yeah. A late descent. It's almost, well, yeah. Well, that's, well, that's, let's not say but, that. No, no, but, let's just not. Let's but, just but it has luckily that arrived yes. that he will miss. A game uh, that he wasn't going to play anyway. A game yes. that he might not and offers the oppor- opportunities for someone like a Kevin Stewart to come in and play that role. So, um, you know, Fortune's favoured the Reds. The good thing is that there's been no history at all of any football managers suggesting to the players to get suspended for games that don't they're probably not going to play in. That's never, never happened. happened. Never, never happened. happened. Never happened. It didn't happen. Never happened. Jose Mourinho's never done that. And I think basically that should more or less do us. Join us later this week when we will look back at the Tottenham game and we'll look ahead to Crystal Palace, which James I know is looking forward to. Great trip ahead, isn't it? Yes. Cheerio.